0: That's what a mom sense is—a show that is informative, engaging, and inclusive. So it makes perfect sense to not discount the dads in our audience. Here to shed light on a father's perspective is my co-host Michael Perry, founder of Maple, a parenting app with a mission to create a support system for families so the days are manageable, daily tasks are checked off, and there's harmony in your household. Michael is a trailblazer in tech and is a loving husband and devoted father to his two boys. Together, we bring you a special monthly series called What Matters, what Matters Most with Maple? Maple.
1: When I became a dad, I wondered, where my dad groups at? I made it my life mission to provide parents with the support they needed to best take care of their families and want to make sure all perspectives in the parental experience are equal and fair. So moms, dads, and everyone in your village, be sure to tune into What Matters Most with Maple on That Total Mom Sense each month we've got
0: got you. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby in the baby carriage, then comes a lot of compromise, sacrifice, and hopefully support to sustain it all so it doesn't come crashing down. Today's guests model what it takes to make a marriage work, as they are supportive of each other's dreams and help one another achieve their utmost potential and are helping our world become a better place through their diversity-driven business for kids. Dr. Sabina Basin is a South Asian American child psychiatrist, Cornell-educated diversity and inclusion expert, and is affectionately called Dr. Z. She is one mom on a mission to educate our children and change the world through play. It's essential that you know that her work isn't just a project or a trend. As someone who was bullied throughout her life for being different, this is her personal story. As a child psychiatrist, it's her professional work. As someone who feels incredibly called to this, it's her life mission. In Kids isn't just creating toys and products designed to celebrate diversity, it's also expanding to broaden its reach through books, television programming, classrooms, and businesses around the country with one simple goal in mind, to make diversity no longer an issue and the cultural norm. Dr. Z and her company in Kids has been featured on Good Morning America, Entrepreneur Magazine, Vogue, and she was most recently celebrated as Forbes Next 1000 Entrepreneurs. Dr. Z's husband is Rakesh Shahuja, who is a CPA and is the SRA Group founder and CEO. He's a son, brother, husband, and father, and takes his role in every way very seriously. He has always believed in hard work to get results in his professional career and uplifting others in theirs. As a businessman, he empowers his employees by reminding them they can achieve anything they set out to do. This doesn't stop him from teaching the next generation about the value of working hard for what they want in life. Zabina and Rakesh, welcome to What Matters Most with Maple. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby in the baby carriage, then comes a lot of compromise, sacrifice, and hopefully support to sustain it all so it doesn't come crashing down. Today's guests model what it takes to make a marriage work as they are supportive of each other's dreams and help one another achieve their utmost potential, and in the process are helping our world become a better place through their diversity-driven business for kids. Welcome, Dr. Zabina Basin and Rakesh Ahuja. Thank you for joining
2: us on What Matters Most. Oh, thank you so much for having us.
0: Absolutely. Let's just dive into your childhood. I feel like it's, it's important to set the stage um, and understand, you know, where you come from. What, what are your roots? So tell us about how you guys grew up.
3: My childhood, nothing particularly jumps out. Per se, I'd say it's relatively normal. But we've moved around. We spent some time on the East Coast. Uh, we're in Pennsylvania for a little while, then Maryland, then jumped to the West Coast. Uh, my parents immigrated from India. Rock came because people, for some reason, couldn't finish it to say Ra Cash. Yeah, <laughs> so it was yeah. like ra, ra Ra what And then finally, you know what? Ra is fine. Just call me Rock. I can do that. <laughs> yeah. so why like two nicknames: it was Rock or Cash. Because for some reason, people had a hard time
1: con- connecting the two. <laughs> you know. We we live in a simple, simple society, simple minded society. So that might be part of it. So, right. you know,
2: Rock is understating his childhood. He had a fabulous childhood. They had a very their mom was an amazing mom. She was a stay at home mom. Her their dad was a working parent who really came up in the world. These three young men are self-made men. You know, they were the true story of immigrants, successful three brothers who do very well for themselves and everything. You look at their family. Then now you talk about my childhood they also were the same immigrant lifestyle that a lot of South Asians were. You know, they had family over, they had cousins over, everybody was living in one house. It was very similar to how I grew up, which is I grew up in Orange Orange County, but I'm also born and raised Southern Californian girl. My parents were immigrants. My dad went to college out here. My mom then came after she got married. They were both very young. But we also grew up in a very diverse home. You know, we had very many cousins and and all of that. I grew up in a very different home where my parents kind of gave us a little bit more of the Entitled life, maybe. I don't know. You know, I you don't have to be Caucasian to have, like, wealth and stuff. But my parents worked at it. My dad was an engineer. He worked very hard. My mom was a teacher. They had their own businesses. They did extremely well. I went to private schools. And then I was very you know, honored to go to medical school as well. But we had a lot of diversity within our home as well. You know, my mom, after my dad passed away, brought in foster kids that were from different backgrounds. That was probably one of the second times in my life that I realized people living in my home who were not behind my culture and my background. And I had to really understand them. And they were children. They were children from homes of of different places. And my mom, who was a special education teacher, actually started bringing this stuff into our home. Because the first time I realized that was, when I started going to school, being like, hey, I'm American, but I was bullied. My home life was so safe and protected and so loving. My school life was, or my outside of my home life was very trying to find myself, trying to identify who I am as a human being, as a person, as a individual. And I'm South Asian and I'm Indian, very much at home. And then I'm trying to be you know, the term is white or, or Caucasian or non-South Asian and non-Indian because I'm trying to be accepted and felt there. But that didn't happen. And all I got was bullied. And my mom made it very particular for me where she said, why are you trying to be accepted as someone who you're not? Let's go mm. teach them who you are. That was my first time being introduced to that diversity is OK. You're OK to be who you are. Like it was in my face, you know, like the bullying, the, the being made fun of. My brothers were Sikh. And we wear turbans and them literally getting their hair pulled down and getting beat up because they're like your girls and going to soccer practice. I mean, it was intense in our world. We just weren't accepted. But we were like, we're Americans, you know, and it's interesting because I see my daughter now and she connects that she's Indian, but she says I'm American. She's never been to India. She only knows what she knows because we're teaching her. Our parents are teaching her. But in her mind, she doesn't look at herself as anything but an American, it's really this clock of like how I was raised that I'm trying to figure out for my children as well. So that's really was my upbringing was, you know, the first atmosphere of like identifying who I was. And I think other than having a great home life, I think it, it started building from that point.
0: That's incredible. I mean, I, I remember you sharing stories about your, how your mom helped educate about you know our South Asian culture to the schools. Now I understand even more of the backstory, of her having taken in foster kids and, and being in special right.
2: What happened was when I was in first grade, we had so much harm going on within our schools between my brothers and I and other kids that she took the initiative. She was already an educator. She was a teacher. She was a special education teacher. And she talked to the teachers and the principals and said, I want to come in and start actually educating the kids about the South Asian culture, our religion, who we are. And she really took this concept. Look, I'm going to come in and I'm going to teach them about us and I'm going to compare it to who they are. So she took... Each of the children in our classroom and their culture and their religions and, and said, great. So what do you guys eat at home? And it was like specifically one kid said rice and beans. And she's like, great. That's what he eat. It's dal chawal." Right. And she literally started taking the things that she noticed that I was being made fun of or my brothers were being made fun of and started comparing it to what those kids have at home and tried to say to them, we are more similar than we are different. And our differences make us unique. They don't separate us. Now, did it always resolve into better things? No, but it did resolve into the school noticing that, hey, we got to start talking about everyone's culture and traditions. We got to get parents in here to talk about this. We got to create this whole atmosphere here. And I can tell you, Stowers Elementary in Cerritos, California, has an international month since I was, I'm 43 years old right now. So this (laughs) is like literally first grade for me. So they still do it there. It's a month long event where kids are doing cultural dances. There's food week. There's, I feel excited to see that was just a small part of what she started. And it started intriguing me today to be like, nothing's changed. We need to make this difference on a bigger mission than just one school. We need to do this in every house. So my husband is in his own right, an entrepreneur. He is a CPA and he has his own company. And from the time I've known him, he has been a young when we were young, <laughs> He's always, he was always an owner in his company at such a young age. And I have seen him succeed and work so hard to get in his passion and what he does. And I see that and it was like, whatever I ended up doing, whether it was staying in hospital administration or healthcare or being a physician, I was like, I, I love the passion that he has that I see. I mean, the man works day and night and and now we have kids and and helps with that too. But when I came to him and I said, I need to do something. I see my children going through the same things, Mm -hmm. not in the exact same way, but in similar ways. We're not teaching them diversity. We're not bringing in other traditions into our homes. We're not talking about other people. We're not talking about this, the skin color. There is a whole aspect of this world that we're not really showing them. And we need to do that because I don't want them to go through what I went through, or treat other people the way I was treated. You know, they have an entitled life. They do. I gotta say, they're spoiled (laughs) brats at point. You know, but but there is this point of being humble and understanding that. So I saw this happening within my daughter's preschool, and she's six now. And I went into the schools, and I was like. Let's talk about Diwali. Let's talk about Holy, my own cultural aspects, you know, similar to what my mom did. And I said, I want to start talking about this. And then I started saying, why aren't we talking about Lunar New Year or Nuru's right, or, right. you know, Black History Month? And, and I not started noticing that there was no conversations about these things. Right. So I started doing it at home. You know, we have our Tia who's from Guatemala. My kids know more Spanish than I did at this age. But I wanted them to learn it. I wanted them to learn the culture of Guatemala or of Mexico or Latin America. I wanted them to understand, you know, the European nations. And we have friends that we bring in and do their traditional things. But that was the reason I started it initially. And then the world changed. And we went into a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we saw the Black Lives Matter. We saw things happening in this world that I was like, oh, no. I went through that when I was 13 years old. Mm -hmm. and we're back there again Mm -hmm. so am I expecting a future for my children when they're 40 years old to have the same fights that I had to fight or other kids have to fight that there's a hierarchy because of the color of my skin now it doesn't matter where I went to school who I am what my education background is or if I'm a woman doctor and now I have to fight for that again Mm -hmm. so what did I research I research how do I create something to stop this now at their age so when they go to middle school and they go to high school and they become adults diversity inclusivity and belonging is not a challenge it is a norm Mm -hmm. it is the normalest thing in the world for them that they don't talk about it like we're having to create something i see children suffering at this early age of k through five because when they go to middle school they're fighting there's bullying there's guns going to school there's all these things based off if they learned about acceptance and belonging and how to treat each other with kindness and empathy in an early age, guess what? It's research. All of that goes down in middle school. All of that goes down in high school. So we gotta start it now and we gotta do it today.
3: Quite honestly, without the bullying, without these other things, without the discrimination, she couldn't do what she's doing because that's what's brought her here. Life experiences is part of the reason she's able to get, she's so passionate about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm i a firm believer that unfortunately some of the trials and tribulations of life actually are net positive on how we become versus being a yeah. net negative. It, it sucks when you're going through it and it feels terrible, but then you get this yeah. beautiful shaped stone of what you represent at the end through all the chiseling and chipping away of pain. Right. Dr. Sabrina, your passion is like palatable. Like I, I'm very happy that there's someone like you on this planet who's trying to do the right thing for the next wave of children my, my own included because I don't run an Indian household here. And that does not mean <laughs> that there's a lack of desire to expose them to other beautiful right. things in the world. Um, we're trying to 100%. teach them our own culture. I come i uh, you know, I'm an Italian, Portuguese, American. And so we focus on some of our own family traditions, but I don't believe that there should be any limitations to exposure of these things. So.
3: Even in our household, she teaches them the Indian side of things. And I, I question everything. Like, well, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? <laughs> no. It doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. So on the flip side, while she's teaching that, I let her yeah. do that. But then i bring in more kind of a spiritual side of things. And, you know, we can do these things but at the end of the day. Remember what the, what the goal is with these right. things. We're not doing them for the sake of going through the motions right. Understand why we're doing them. We're doing them for this, that, and the other. We're doing them because at the end of the day, we want to be better. We want to make sure that others are better. And so no matter what you do, whether you choose. This set of, of traditions, you choose that set of traditions. At the end of the day, we all want to go to the same place, which is the right. better place.
0: That's
3: right. right.
2: And it's funny, as I've started, it's been, we're less than two years old within kids. Um, and, you know, knock on the window, we're, we're growing and scaling still. But as I've seen with my children, like this past year, we've done Christmas in our house. We've done Hanukkah in our house. We've done Kwanzaa in our house.
3: We've done... Initially, we thought it was going, that they were going to freak out. And they're like, no, 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 no. And start crying. And, and I think after explaining a little bit, they, they were okay with it. And now they just kind of accept it as a norm. Is as they're getting these gifts, we basically told them, okay, here's all your gifts. Half of them got to go. You get to keep yeah. three, four, yes. and that's it. Everything we else donate, you donated. to donate. yeah. Yeah. And so literally, as so this, this last the Christmas, Oh, I'm sorry, for Emara's for, uh, birthday. She's opening her gift and she goes, yeah, we're going to donate this one. Oh, I'm really going to keep this one. Oh, we're going to donate this one. So now she's, and she's not fighting it, arguing it or sad about it. And she's perfectly fine with saying, okay, yeah, let's donate these. Just to reinforce, like, well, why are we donating? them? We're donating them because others don't have those. And I know I have these, so I'm okay with these. Let's go give these to somebody else. Well,
2: and so it goes back to the King kids' that. mission. Right. And she's understood. And in kids, every time we sell a kit or every time we do this, we try to do monthly give backs, whether it was during the pandemic, helping teachers or whether like right now we're actually associating ourselves with a mission base or when it was the stop hate campaign, it was to give it to, you know, the national prevention of bullying. We were trying to do things and she notices, okay, so every time you do something or you get something, you want to do a give back piece to it. And that's really where the, she's seeing us do that as well. And, right. and whether it going and, and donating our toys or, or packing up there's an understanding within kids that we're showing children that it's not just about dei and belonging it's also about the give back being mission-based and being someone that you want to be as just like he said a better person we're not raising kids guys we're raising adults
1: speak a little bit to what in kids is from a product perspective like what the solution is the problem yeah. that you're tackling that might be helpful so
2: it in kids is an inclusive and diverse toy company on a mission to create change through play i want to expand on a little of that we're not only a toy company anymore we are now expanded into academia and we are actually in the process of being expanded into media as well i guess you could say in kids now is a diverse and inclusive global company that is You know, we're making a change through play. We're teaching through play because the best way to teach anybody, whether you're a child or an adult is through play. Play doesn't have to be like, Hey, I sit down and play with my toys. It has to be, how do you calm yourself to actually think about what you're trying to do as a mission value in your life? And that's what play is. So It's taking a rest and reading a book, watching a television show, playing with your kids. You know, for early education, absolutely, it's toys and books and, and crafts, but as you grow older with the older generation of kids, right. it's really taking that point and doing it through a different version of play. It so, doesn't matter what age you're at, you're always playing. So that's our our mission. And our vision is to make a change through play and teach everyone about diversity, equity, inclusivity, and belonging. So we launched in March of 2020. <laughs> and I went to Rock. I got to say this story. So I've known, and I, I'm pretty sure Cunningham kind of knows about me, but everybody within our South Asian brand friend circle is like, Zabina's the idea queen. I give ideas. I tell people what to, like, you should do this. You should do that. And so Rock always knew me like, okay, she gets ideas. Doesn't mean it. Puts out anything. So when I sat with him and I said, okay, I don't want to go back to healthcare. Healthcare is in its own jamble right now. And I I just don't want to go back to it. I, I don't feel comfortable being back as a physician or a healthcare administrator. And I want to do something like this with kids. I'm still a child psychiatrist. I know how the brain of a child works and I understand how we can do to help them work this. So I went to him and I said, I want to open up a clothing company of diverse clothes. He looked at me, he said, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He said, do you know how much that's going to cost us? (laughs) I'm like, I want to get designers and I want to do this. He's like, no, you're not doing it. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I started conceptualizing. My friends were like, you know, you make all these little kits. And I created this one Diwali kit. It was not even a kit. It was a basket, right? It was a basket of just other brands. I brought it together. And I lost so much money in it because her test was like, oh, my God, do you know how to do
1: this? Right, he's a CPA. He knows how to, just has how to write, write, write all those things off. Yes. So my, my favorite
3: part was, I sold it for $120. I'm like, how much did you spend on it? I don't know. Yeah. and so we do the numbers She's like i spent 140 i'm like you know you're not making money right, right. i know you sold them for 120
1: all right man you, you you got a loving wife who's trying to be inclusive you guys might as well just turn this into a nonprofit organization while you're at it you know just check all the boxes we're
3: you say not a that because right I, told her, I said we got to figure out what this is are you going to be right. a nonprofit? are you going to be a for-profit are you going to be this are you yeah. gonna be that because each of them come with a different path the right. end result may be the same, but we're right. going to go down a different way to get there. If you're a nonprofit, then we got to figure out, okay, how do we link up with other nonprofits? How do we do this? How do we get yeah. funding? Yada yada yada. If you're for profit, okay, then we got to think a little bit differently. Yeah, you got to decide what path we're going to take to get to this destination. It doesn't right. matter that the destination's the same.
2: We are two opposites that attract really well, and it's like I know the, the mission and the value and the vision and the passion I have, and he has that business financial side to him, and and it, it, it's really been a growth. In the process i mean today i think we're finally i can talk about money i've never been good talking about finances and all of that and today i can sit there and have that conversation with him and mm. you know it was always like i don't know how much i spend i don't know where the money's going <laughs> and now it's, it's like okay you got to get your stuff together and he's really guided me on that so so we got to that point we launched in march 2020 and i just got to tell you our launch was horrific we that's got a website made. Yeah, well, it wasn't even the pandemic, to be honest. We had a website made. The guy kind of seized it, wanted money from us to launch it. Cool. And then we had this person we hired to help us with all this branding. And, you know, she did a great job in the beginning, but it, it just didn't work out. We just invested all this money. And it was like, okay, you launched, but you just didn't really launch. It's like crickets, yeah. And, and, Welcome
1: to entrepreneurship. That's right. This and that's what I learned. <laughs>
2: So, so I literally looked at her catch. I said, Oh my God, I failed. And he goes, What are you talking about? You haven't failed. But let's sit down. And he stepped in and he's like, All right, we just redo the website. We take care of this. And every time I've needed this man to like step in and just, he doesn't want to be part of the business, but he is part of the business sometimes. (laughs) And he just, he's like, All right, we're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. Let's take care of that. Let's make, he's been that guiding light for me so that now, today, as like, whether I'm a CEO or I'm the founder or we we do what we do with this company. He's like, I'm guiding you to get to that place that I don't need to be in it every single day anymore. That's what I get from him. And so we, we launched, we June launched our website. We did really great initially. And then it was this, we started subscription-based. We took away from subscription-based. There was so much pivoting yeah. and it was, it was amazing. But we really realized, when we got into the Target Forward Founders program, that was our trajectory change for In Kids, Because right. we went from a subscription-based company to a bi-monthly company to a product-based company yeah. that was direct to consumer, that was on Good Morning America because of our, of our America Box, our Black History Edition. And Target said, you are a company that can do amazing things. And we want you to be part of this program so we can teach you how you can get that mission and that vision out there to millions and millions of people, and that's when we decided we were going to be a B two B brand. Now, caveat: Rakesh from day one wanted me to be a B two B brand. Mm. <laughs> he said it from I you. actually.
1: One. (laughs) I I, I actually have like instant feedback that like your husband's I can just see the dollar signs just rotating in his eyes as I I bring this up. So he's either going to hate me and fall off this call immediately or like he's going to absolutely love what I have to say. But um, as someone who used to be an executive at a publicly traded company, one that was predominantly a Caucasian publicly traded company, we spent a tremendous amount of money um, um, in building diversity and belonging teams trying to do cultural investment. So I know why your focus is on children, which I think is, I love as a father, I'm going to go buy your product as soon as I fall off of this call. If it's available to me, I'm not beat. Maybe I'll buy it from April. Who knows? I think that there's this unique opportunity that's happening right now that you are not realizing, which is one, most companies are now completely distributed and work from home Two, everyone is investing in belonging in a whole new way because of that. And Three, every company is willing to buy things to send to people's houses because the expense of having an office is no longer there. And so they can't do in-person cultural events anymore. And so it seems like there could be like a huge opportunity, not just to access them for their kids, but to create education at an adult level.
3: We're well aware. And and we are actually going down that road as well. There's only, as you mentioned, there's only so much time in a day and so many different directions you can go. So we are looking for to, 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 uh, to bring on to go down those avenues, but also the main reason you started with kids instead of adults or, or, or pivoting to, to even that, that side of it, cause that's, I could definitely be more profitable faster Is yeah. it doesn't have the same impact that, that's it right. has. and we yeah. better start from the ground up. Yeah. So really it comes back to, to the mission. And, and, and she and I have, have talked about this several times is we've defined our mission. We just need to finish polishing it. Because as we run into these opportunities, we run into these other things, we've got to always go back to why did we do this? And if right. we lose sight of why we did it,
1: that's right, then,
3: then we're just going to fall apart. Totally. And so, if we're going to be mission based, we've got to stay on that. And so, where yes. you got dollar signs hanging on one side, yeah. that's great, but that's not why we're here. And Uh, if we focus on on what we're doing and focus on the excellence of it, the dollar signs will ultimately follow. So we we got to keep that in mind. And it's hard to keep that in mind because it's like, oh, dollars are going out, but I can get them there. It's like, no, no, we're not ready for that yet. When we find the right person, yes, we're going to go down that path as well. And we've started with some of those things already with delivering to employees for for certain uh, events and stuff. And I'll let Zabina go about that. But it really is building from the ground up and staying focused on the mission at hand. 100%.
2: And and, and that's something we have talked about. And we're like, we have to come back to that mission all the time to know what direction we're going in. And so last year, we had one company, which is a very well known company. And I guess I can talk about it because they talk about us all the time, Hudson Trading, which we created customized the volley boxes for their employees, not only within the US, but worldwide. And we sent it to all of them, and they created a Zoom event, that not yeah, only with exactly their kids, right. but with them. Right. And this year, we're in contract with them to now not do it only for the kids, but we're going to create experiences for them in their offices, as okay. well as we're going to go into creating adult boxes. And we're talking like Juneteenth, LGBTQ, World yeah. Mental Health Days. Yeah. We're also going to be talking about Latinx heritage, Indigenous yeah. heritage. So these are now customized boxes which is like brock said it's a whole different spectrum and and subsidiary to our business but we can only do one at a time so anyone out there who wants to come join in kids and and we're open arms you know and and it's it's hiring people you know where we need to figure that piece out too
1: how do you find through all the chaos the stress the noise how do you find that you guys show up for each other outside of work to keep each other on the rails and keep each other going because i think that's the million dollar question that (laughs) Everyone who's listening probably wants to understand the magic to that.
3: And, and, you know, what makes it harder for us is I'm a night owl. She's a morning person. Right. So I go to, I'll go to bed at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. She's waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Right. So Our schedules are, are also off. One of the things that we've done to, to bring things together and make sure we're spending time with each other as well as the family is we both stop our days at 5 o'clock. And from 5 to 8, it's strictly family time. Yeah. So it's with the kids or, or with each other or whatever. And I think that's probably been the main thing that's kept us grounded, because with hers, it, you know, it, it's it's a continuous go, 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 go. But because she's so passionate about it, you just kind of let it be. And right. there are times where we're both going to be like, OK, I need a break right now. And when you need that break, you take it. So, you know, we don't try to schedule it in per se. We've got the, the, the five to eight every day, which I think keeps us grounded. And the rest of it is we, we go with the flow, stay flexible, yeah. because I think you have to stay flexible. And then when the time calls for it, it you know, it's like, hey, tonight, can we do this? Mm, okay, yeah, I can move this or I can change this. Sure, why not? Let's just run with it.
2: And it's worth. and I yeah, no, it has absolutely. I mean, like last night, I, I needed to break. I had a really harsh day. There was just a lot going on. You know, we're going to Puerto Rico for the Aspen event, and he's taking time off of his busiest season to go with me. And I'm like, okay, so I have to do this, 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 and we're trying to plan the day. And he's like, I gotta work. And I'm like, oh yeah, I forget you have work to do too. But but he took a minute for me and he, whatever our conversation was, and then I went to bed and he he went back to work. And I got to say one thing that we've done, and, and I think this is not about just being together and saying, hey, we're going to go have dinner tonight, or we're going to go have a glass of wine together, or we're just going to watch a movie together. One thing that I've noticed with my husband, and, and Kanika knows her, Eve wrote this amazing book called Fair Play, and, and I read it. And Rock didn't really read it, but he sat down with me and I talked about it. But it's really him giving that time to me, which a lot of husbands don't do that I need as help. I'm still a very hands-on mom. The kids come to school, they have their classes after school until, you know, I get more busy and I'm going to need that help. But, but he helps with the drop-offs, the pickups, we adjust our schedule. When I was part of the Target Forward Founders Program, Wednesdays and Thursdays, I couldn't do anything. He, he stepped up to the plate, took the kids to the classes, took the kids to what they need to That for me, I think is more of him giving his time where I know he's like, I'm letting, I'm supporting you here. That connection for me is huge because I can't say a lot of husbands that I knew growing up did that. I know my dad didn't. My mom was the caretaker for everything. It didn't matter. if She worked. She did what she had family living with us. She was the main person and um, Rakesh's parents live next door to us. And, that was one of the things when we decided that he was going to take care of his parents and I was going to take care of my mom. These were like things that we were like, we're taking care of our parents. It's
3: to find what works for you. We tried scheduling right. things. It didn't work. We tried a variety of different things. And what we found works for us is you just go with the flow and you adjust as you need to adjust. If that means you know, for two weeks you're not doing anything, fine. I think we've probably gone a week where the only conversations were dinner conversations. Because she had an early morning thing and I'm taking the kids and by the time uh, and so I don't see her in the morning, then I go off because I've got a thing, uh, my evening shift, as I call it. And so the only time we had was the five and eight, but it gave us everything. It gave us together and the kids. And for the rest of it, you simply go with the flow and do what works for you.
1: How long have you two been together?
2: Since 2007.
1: Okay, so you guys have a really strong foundation there. feels very heartwarming to me. Uh, as someone who spends hundreds of hours per month speaking to couples, speaking to husband and wives, speaking to wives who um, sadly don't have the support system, so kudos to you for leading the way and doing the right thing.
0: I think there are a lot of men who have that expectation that you know, as the wife and mother, you need to be the caretaker and can't have these ambitions and you know can't take away from what you have to give to the family. Instead, you're doing the exact opposite. Not only are you doing your fair share of the work, you're encouraging her, supporting her and, you know, guiding her as her sounding board to realize her ambitions and dreams. You know, it's, it's really it's so heartwarming to see that. So what advice would you give to the men out there that are a little bit more narrow minded on this?
3: I think somewhere along the way, we started focusing so much on that we could do everything that we started losing a little bit of respect for each other and the strengths that the other person has. And we started getting into a thing of what I'm doing is more valuable than what you're doing. Mm
2: -hmm. And the truth of the
3: matter is neither one of us is more valuable. They're of equal value. I can't do what I do without her doing what she does. And that doesn't mean that just because I'm the income earner, that what I'm doing is more important than what she's doing. She's taking care of the kids or she's handling the kids schedule and things of that sort. But I can only go earn the income because she's taking care of that. So I don't have to think about it. I don't have to focus on it. Stop thinking that you can do everything, number one. Number one, understand that what your partner is doing is of equal value to what you're doing. It's not better. It's not worse. It is equal. That we need each other to succeed. And and I think if you just focus on that and then focus on what your strengths are. She handles the scheduling. She handles this because she's stronger at that. I handle the, 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 the back office stuff or, or you know, the, the, the finances because that's my strength. So my strength is mine. I'll do this. You do that. And we have arguments about this where she's like, oh, you think you're better because you're bringing in all the money. And I said, no, this isn't. No, I never said it was mine. It's ours. Fine. Oh, I mean, I said, yes, I bring in the paycheck because it's my paycheck. Okay. That doesn't mean it's not ours. Yes, I work. So what? But at the end of the day, we need each other because otherwise we're both yeah. going to fail at what we're doing.
0: Absolutely. Right. And you have to model that for your kids.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Ditch the ego. Ditch the that's ego. Right. Respe- respect what you're doing with each other and understand that you'll, you'll get better together and just focus on that.
0: Yeah, that's great
1: advice. Our company has an Instagram thing called Time, where we talk about the overlap of building a family and building a company. So I think there's a lot of similarities in terms of the challenges of being an entrepreneur and the mentality that you have to have, as well as finding these common grounds and this balance and this healthy, you know, relationship investment that you have to make. Otherwise shit goes south super fast, but it's about continuously making the investment and being aware that it isn't always going to be rainbows and butterflies. There's going to be some hard moments. It is going to suck. And you got to believe in the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah.
2: Yeah on this journey that we're at as a couple and the pivoting we've done from me going to healthcare and being a physician and now having my own, business and now i'm going internationally to speak you know like things are changing so quickly that we're also figuring out how do we develop this you know raw you know and and i think i think he's supporting me and going with me to these events and doing this stuff like i gotta tell you my husband is not a social media person but he'll sit there and make the videos with me and critique me through every single video (laughs) natural (laughs) but but that's the journey we're on you know he's also adjusting his thought process, things that he was just like, I don't really believe in this stuff, and I don't like it, but I get it. It's part of your business. You have to. Yeah.
1: I'll never forget when I um, when I first started Maple. You know, I used to work in marketing technology, and I knew then the evil that is Instagram. But I had this conversation with a woman who I greatly admire, the the CEO of a company that I'll leave private, but. She's got three children and she was saying to me that she had so much incredibly successful individual and a great mom and the guilt that was layered on just from watching Instagram of like, why am I not having my organic farm in my backyard and doing arts and crafts with my kids and like doing farm to table cooking. And you're like, this is all (laughs) all this shit's fake. That organic farm mom who's like making her own paint and like doing all that that's her job. She's an influencer. Someone's paying her a shit ton of money to like sit there and do bullshit cooking classes with her kids. Like she. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I wanted to, to wrap with the, you know, question and quote that I want to ask all of our guests from here on out, Michael is what matters most. So this is what matters most with Maple for the two of you in life. What matters most?
2: For me right now, what matters most in life is really building the mission that I'm doing within kids and and taking it to a million homes and making sure people understand what DEI and belonging is at all levels. But then more than that is that I'm doing the same thing with my own family and my own kids and really authentically putting that out there to say, even though I'm putting this within my entrepreneurial journey or my, my speaker series or whatever we're doing, I'm teaching that to my own children authentically and family overall is everything. And I think that for me is my biggest take with anything that I do.
3: I think that the biggest thing for me is that no matter what we're doing, that we can look back at today and feel like we didn't regret doing anything. or not doing anything, you know, in that, yeah, we don't get to take the kids to Disneyland all the time. We don't get to go here. We don't get to go there. And that with some of those sacrifices, we look back and say, OK, well, should we have done that? Should we not have done that? As long as there's no regrets, I think we're fine moving forward the way we are, because at the end of the day, we're all doing the best we can with what we've got.
2: This is awesome, guys. I love this. I, I think yeah. I learned more about my husband today than I have in a little bit. i to be all over again. <laughs>
3: Hey, this was our opportunity to spend time together and talk.
2: Right? <laughs> yes.
0: We all need that.
2: This is awesome. Oh, this is great, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so we much
1: really for coming out. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to my dear friend and soul sister, Dr. Zabina Basin and Rake Shahuja for enlightening us and helping us realize that diversity and a growth mindset and acceptance starts in the home. Check out InKids to subscribe or purchase boxes for your kids or as gifts, and that's spelled I-N-K-I-D-Z dot com. It's like traveling all around the world with gifts and goodies sent straight to your doorstep. Michael and I are so happy to have you be part of our community and rethinking what matters most. You can listen to this episode on my website, that's thatstotalmomsense.com, and within the Maple app. You can download Maple on iTunes or on Google Play. If you have suggestions for thought leaders and founders who must be on what matters most, email us at thatstotalmomsense at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.